You're listening to Your Jewish Life, Your Way with Karen Cinnamon, the podcast that explores what it feels like to be Jewish or Jewish in 2022. On the show, we divulge all of the secrets and know-how to being confident in celebrating and living your Jewish life, your way, with easy, simple ways to embrace your mishpacha through the traditions and rituals you've been dying to learn more about. So save your kvetching, we are talking less Jewish guilt and more Jewish joy here on out. Yalla, forget about the right and wrong ways to be Jewish. It's time to create a Jewish life you love living. Welcome to today's episode of the Your Jewish Life podcast. It's wonderful to have you in my company. I've got a very special guest today who I've brought on to talk all about family life and Jewish family life and making Judaism accessible and building Jewish community and raising proud Jewish children. And of course, you know, these are things that are all close to my heart. This is an episode with the UK director of PJ Library. I'm sure you know about PJ Library. It's an organization that sends free Jewish children's books to families across the world each month. Every kind of Jew. There's no Jewish family or Jewish family that PJ Library will not send free Jewish children's books to. So it's a wonderful, wonderful organization. It's worldwide. And if your children aren't signed up to receive these free Jewish books through PJ Library, make sure you hit the show notes and find the link and click on it. It's just enhanced my children's lives no end when they excitedly see the package from PJ Library drop through the letterbox every month and they excitedly open it and read the books. We've got a whole shelf of our PJ Library Jewish books and it it definitely contributes to filling our home with Jewish joy. So I wanted to sit down with Lauren Hamburger, who's the UK director of PJ Library, because I wanted to talk to her about her Jewish life, growing up in London, she also has spent time in New York and in fact it was her time spent in New York that encouraged her to go all in with PJ Library. You'll hear about her story and it's it's just a wonderful warm conversation and I'm sure it will make you feel good, make you feel uplifted and hopefully spark Jewish conversation in your home. So let's dive in with Lauren and enjoy the episode. So Lauren, we've met before, but it's fun to have the opportunity to interview you today. I'm so happy to be sitting down with you. Hi, Karen. Thanks for having me. Most of our people listening, I'm sure, have heard of PJ Library. If not, if you haven't heard of PJ Library, we will go into it. It's such a big thing in the Jewish world. It's such an incredible initiative. I've had so many requests from my Smashing Life community to interview you today and hear more about what you're doing and I could I could reel off so many stories of impact that PJ has had, but we'll get to all that. What I want to get started with is just to get to know you a little bit, because PJ Library is so front facing as a brand. I thought it'd be really interesting to to sort of get to know Lauren, the director of PJ Library in UK and Europe. First of all, just just tell us a little bit about I'd like to go right back to the beginning and tell me where you grew up. How did Judaism play a role in your life growing up? Um, so I grew up in London, um, in one of the suburbs in Stanmore, which lots of British Jews will be familiar with. And I had a very traditional upbringing. We had Friday night dinner as a family um, every week, you know, soup, chicken deal, followed by a board game. I didn't go to Jewish day schools. I had to go to Haida several times a week. 
to learn everything and um, I didn't keep Shabbat um, we were very traditional um, but but my family are really involved and engaged in the community and then um, I actually got more I got more interested to learn more and to be more religious I would say when I was in my teenage years and then university and then I ended up marrying a guy who's from a uh, B'nai Akiva, Shomri Shabbat family in Manchester, and I'm a very proud and happy member of the modern Orthodox community, if if we're having to use labels, although yeah, sure. I like that you don't have to. So what instilled you to become religious in your teenage years? That's an interesting one. I'm not sure. It was, a, I, I remember... I had great bat mitzvah teachers at Haida, and I know that wasn't, that was quite a rare thing. Um, and they made it really engaging and hands-on. So we would do projects. And when we were learning about a Jewish festival or value or history, it was very interactive and go on day trips. And and I love that. I, I like the creative side of things. And so it was fun. And I think, you know, it has to be fun for kids. Otherwise, they're not, they're not gonna bother um, <laughs> staying. I, I suppose also part of it is um, who you end up socializing with. On oh, my gap year, I, I spent six months at Hebrew University in Jerusalem and I um, traveled around Israel. And How fabulous. I love that you obviously had a really rich sort of foundation and well, not foundation, but just that sort of beautiful Jewish home that instilled it culturally and you yourself sort of decided to go deeper. Yeah, there, yeah. there was also, you know, we're lucky here in the UK, there's so many different um, formal and informal um, Jewish educational opportunities. Um, throughout my teens, I was involved in the youth movement and, you know, I wasn't at a Jewish day school, but it had a lot of Jews there. So there was often like a, a Jewish society and stuff going on. And then throughout university, I was part of a day stock there and um, I, I started going to Limud um, oh. and you're then meeting Jews from around the world and, and, you know, hearing so many different opinions and ideas. And Limud, do people know what it is in America? I don't know. It's such a big thing yeah, here in the UK. Yeah, so it started in the UK decades ago now, but it's very much a global um, program. And Limud, they have conferences around the world in loads and loads of different countries. People come together and it's non-denominational and it's really about sharing anything that's Jewish, learning anything about Jewish. And it can be academic or religious or cultural and I think it's really celebrating the rich diversity of Judaism mm, no it's wonderful we'll put a link in the show notes to Limud for anyone that wants to know more so you met your husband and then how did where did the PJ library part of things start in your life so, <laughs> um, I, I did not have any plans to work in the Jewish community we got this opportunity through his work to move to New York and we had a one-year-old kid at the time. And I thought, if we don't go now, when are we going to go? And we lived on the Upper West Side in Manhattan and dived right in. Um, and I remember I went to the JCC one day with my daughter. And there was a big sign saying, sign up for, your free, for a free Jewish book for your child. And I thought, that's a nice idea. Actually, you know, in the UK at the time, there really weren't many Jewish books for children outside probably of the Haredi book sector so I thought great I'll sign up whatever it's free nothing you know nothing harmed let's just have a go and these books started arriving and I fell in love with them and I was more excited she was only one um, I was more <laughs> excited than she was to receive them to, to get the the mail through and they just normalized Judaism what do you mean by normalizing Judaism you know you so it, there was one so there was a book called Goodnight Lila Tov which I love and it's just about a family going camping and but it just says at the end of each page Goodnight Lila Tov and it's it's like a lullaby 
And it's just in the background when they're packing up to go, you see a mezuzah. And then, you know, while they're camping, the, it's the waves making this lullaby sound that's Laila Tov, Laila Tov. And they're just bringing in this, this Jew, these, these Hebrew words these, that normalize it, that, that bringing into everyday life rather than these, Jewish yeah. spaces, Jewish yeah, circles. What's that, what's that? Right. So I think it's so important for kids and adults to see um, how they're living reflected on the pages of the books they're reading. And so there's one book called Goodnight Lila Tov about a family going camping and you just have the words Lila Tov on every page. There's another book um, and it's about, you know, getting ready for Rosh Hashanah um, and there's the apple and the honey and the pomegranates, etc. And And it's not making this big deal about being Jewish. You're just seeing it. Sometimes that's the main story, Rosh Hashanah. Sometimes it's in the background mm. and it's it's even in the illustrations or, or um, you know, it's something that's the one book is really cute mummy can you stop the rain and just on the fridge you can see a magnet and there's like a noah's ark and then a, a shabbat candle that is a yeah. beauty and how did it make you feel like was it a reaction to something you, you I, hadn't experienced and yeah i loved it because these books felt really relevant and really modern um and they're you know i i i'd seen a few religious books before that i hadn't liked in england and it was you know mummy bakes challah daddy goes to work yeah, and, yeah. and great <laughs> mum can make challah dad can make challah you can buy the challah do whatever you want with the challah but don't don't push us into the the, yes. the stereotypes because 21st yes. century that's not how that's not how we're living and so i i love this variety anyway fast forward after a couple of years we moved back to the uk and i'm sitting down having dinner with someone and actually um it's this guy elliot goldstein who's very involved in the community uh, and i was going on and on about you know america's got this and new york's got that and being jewish there is so great and he's like well if you could bring one thing to the uk what would it be wow love and i question. said pj library i said if you are affiliated you see yourself on these pages and 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 that's powerful i said and if you're unaffiliated it's this really gentle invitation to be part of the Jewish community. And it's mm -hmm. not pushy. And it's that, it's a thing you're doing anyway. The that. parent is sitting with a kid reading the story. So make it a Jewish story. And the parent feels empowered. They suddenly are the Jewish educator in their own home. Just regardless of what they, they do or don't know about Judaism. Because it's a kid's book. Anyway, so fast forward, the, the founder of PJ Library came to the UK, interviewed a bunch of people, and then we, we launched here eight years ago. And it's it's been a fun journey ever since. Wow. So I love, you know, what you're saying, but let's let's just explain how the program works for anyone that, that doesn't sure. know what PJ Library is. Um, sure. By the way, I am a big fan of PJ Library. Hooray. I subscribe to my <laughs> daughters, but I only, I wish I'd known about it earlier. Believe mm. I'm in the sort of industry as it were and I only found out about it just a couple of years ago when my kids were five and six so wow. yeah it's amazing yeah. but yeah let's tell everyone how the program works so PJ Library is really about it sends a free Jewish book every month in the post to families raising Jewish kids aged eight and under in the UK actually in the states it goes through till B'nai Mitzvah so they have a PJ Alway program for nine till um, 12 year olds in Mexico, it goes to the Jade Day schools. Um, in South Africa, it's a hybrid of schools and home. I mean, we're in 35 countries. So uh, every country is slightly different according to the, the community makeup and the needs of that country and that community. So, you know, um, everybody can look on the website and just see if your country is part of it. But it's really around the book. And you're sitting, you're reading a story with your kid, and you're learning about Jewish values in a really gentle way. But... 
what I will say is we are not a literacy program. So go to the library, sign up to a bookshop if, if that's what you're looking for. This is about using the books to spark a Jewish conversation in the home and then going out and connecting with the Jewish community in whatever way works for you and your family. And so we often talk about how we're that ramp onto the Jewish community. And we, you know, in the UK, we have 200 partners in, in the States. They have, I mean, thousands. It's, it's amazing over there, the network. But for some people, that means, you know, the religious community and, and connecting with their local synagogue or cheder. For others, it's an educational thing, right? I'm going to enroll my kid in a Jewish um, nursery or day school. For others, it's cultural, right? I want to get involved, you know, with the Jewish, with the Yiddish theater or, or, or Jewish arts, whatever it is. And for others, it's social. You know what? I live in, in an area, there's not many Jews. I'm just going to invite a few Jewish friends around once every so often for a Friday night dinner or for candle lighting at Hanukkah or, you know, for Seder, for Seder night for Pesach. And I think it's about that. It's, you know, it's up to you and your family to get involved and connect with the community in a way that, that works for you. Something I latched onto that you said, I mean, obviously, it's very easy to realize the impact this is having on children's lives and the family home and all the wonderful benefits from that everyone's impacted by, by this program. But one thing I latched onto that you said that was brilliant was that the parent feels like an educator in the home. And so many Jews, if they're not sort of thoroughly immersed in Jewish life day and day, they sometimes feel ill-equipped or not Jewish enough, or they don't deserve to be sort of not deserve, but they don't feel that they can necessarily educate their children. And it immediately elevates the parent to the, to the sort of, the higher status. And I love that. And what would you say to people out there who feel they're not Jewish enough or they're not, they don't feel authentically Jewish and, 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 and sort of on that theme of things? So, so we say, if you're a family raising Jewish kids, sign up to PJ. We're not, we're not looking to see, you know, how religious you are, you know, how Jewish you are, <laughs> which, which mitzvot you keep or don't keep. We don't really care about that. I think it's so powerful to parent, for parents to learn alongside their kids. And everyone can do that. So yeah, fine. I might know more about my kid on, you know, on other subjects, maths or about, I don't know, more things to do with Shabbat even. But my, for me, my Evrit's never been good. I never went to a Jewish primary or secondary schools and, you know, don't tell my parents. But when I was spending six months uh, in Israel for my gap year, I didn't learn too much Hebrew. <laughs> spending more time with all the Australians and Americans. That's, um, the, that's the learning process. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> but, but, but I think, you know, learn alongside your, your kids. So my kids, they're, they're learning Hebrew. They go to a school, actually, it's Ivrit Ivrit. So a lot of the, the Hebrew, the Jewish studies are in Hebrew um, and they bring Shlechim over from Israel and it's an amazing program they're part of. But I found when they got to um, Kita Dalad, so year four, suddenly when my eldest daughter got there, suddenly her Hebrew is starting to overtake mine, which, which I, didn't make me feel good. So I'm not going to just ignore that. I wanted to, to be learning with her. So first of all, I can do it through her books, through the reading Hebrew books. But then I just signed up to an Alpan course once a night, uh, once a week, one night a week. Um, and I did that for a couple of years till I didn't have the time anymore. But, but you know, maybe someday I'll go back and carry on. My teacher was amazing. But, it, you know, I think with anything, learn with your kid. And don't, why, why should we be embarrassed? Okay, so we never had that opportunity when we were a kid. It's not something to be embarrassed or that there weren't those opportunities around. Well, sometimes it's just, it's just irrational. You know, we think we're not Jewish enough or we think we are, um, you know, dropping things because we didn't celebrate this holiday or that. But actually, it's just a, a matter of deciding, right, I'm going to make it a priority or I am going to lean into it a bit more rather than just assuming that, you know, yeah. we're not valid or we're not Jewish enough or we're, whatever it is. And 
you know, that's one of my big themes is you are Jewish enough, just as you are. And I know that you're also completely non-judgmental as an organization. Where does that stem from? Is that the ethos of sort of the founder? And, you know, you don't, we talked about labels at the beginning. You don't believe in labels. I don't believe in labels. Talk to me a bit about yeah, that. Yeah, so the, the founder, the founder is a remarkable man called Harold Grinspoon. And the whole program came about, I mean, this guy is a visionary. He thinks big. And he was one day uh, listening to the radio and he heard Dolly Parton, the singer, come on. And she starts talking about her charitable program that she set up called Imagination Library. And she gives a free book every month to underprivileged kids to help um, them with their reading and with literacy. And he thinks it's amazing and he sends a check and it's very nice. And then he's thinking a bit more and he goes to his um, board, his charitable trust foundation the board and he goes I've got an idea we need to do a Jewish imagination library and they're like what are you talking about you know he goes, wait for context how many years ago was this uh I think I think it was about 20 years ago something okay. like that I might be a bit off but um more or less 15 20 years ago something like that and he goes we don't have a literacy problem in the Jewish com community by and large um the rates are good he goes we have a continuity problem and an identity problem and um there's not this love for Judaism and this knowledge and he goes I think we should create a Jewish imagination library and there was a little bit of cynicism he tried it out and he, and he you know they sent round flyers and they put them in the non-Jewish spaces so not in the Jewish day school they put them in doctor surgeries and dentist surgeries and the local library and, and what and 200 people signed up in western Massachusetts and these were people who were not sending their kids to Jewish day schools, who were not members of, of local synagogues. Um, and they said, yeah, I want to be connected to the Jewish community. And I want my child to feel that connection. But I want it in a way that's going to feel safe in my home. And then from there, the program has just grown and grown and grown. Uh, as I said, we're now in 35 countries and seven languages. And it's, it's really about, it's a Jewish book. It can be on any topic. We have 45 publishers that we work with and, and the subjects vary. The, you know, some, yes, lots know about Jewish festivals. You know, everybody wants a Hanukkah book this, this time of year. But then we'll do Jewish biographies or history or Jewish values. We've got loads of books celebrating different Jewish values. There's an amazing one, actually, about the value of Bikur Cholim, visiting the sick, and it's called the Cholent Brigade. And it's hilarious. And it's this group of kids and their teacher who's this mensch falls down and he hurts himself and they all decide they're going to visit him and bring in soup. But they all bring the different types of soup or stew for their own culture and community. So it starts off as a Cholent Brigade, but you get loads of different types of stews and things. And it's so cute. And, and it's such a nice way of just talking about visiting the sick, which is a universal value. But what's the Jewish, what's the Jewish angle? And we call it Bikur Cholim. This is where, it, you know, we can go into more depth. This is where it comes from. And Avraham in the Torah talks about it. You know, there's a whole educational um, piece that you can do if you want to go down that route. Or you can just say, it's really important to go and visit someone if they're sick. Should we take, you know, our friend or neighbor or your friend a, a bowl of soup? That's Simple. lovely. So what are some of the stories you've heard of how, you know, what's an at the end of the day, sending out a free book in the mail every month, you know, the impact that, that, that you've had at PJ Library, what are some of the unexpected things that you've seen and heard? Wow. I mean, we, we get hundreds and hundreds of messages, emails, um, loads of messages on social media saying, you know, this is, this means so much to our family and this is uh, letting us learn things. We have families where one parent wasn't raised Jewish either um, you know, they're from a uh, non-religious family or they converted and they're a Jew boy cho by choice. 
and it's letting them learn about Jewish cultures and Jewish values again in a very gentle way learning alongside their kids we had one family this mum contacted us recently actually this amazing mother um, from Belfast in Northern Ireland okay and she said I uh, we're a Jewish family we live here and I want my kids to, to have a couple of other Jewish friends but I've contacted local synagogues and they've all said nope there's no Jewish families in Northern Ireland and I said well I can see that you know we have at least 20 names. Obviously, I can't give you any data. We would never do that. We take our, our um, data protection very, very seriously. But we could do an event and, you know, a joint event in Belfast and, and put a poster together and tell all these family about it. And then everyone can come together. And if they want to share details, go ahead and do it. So we, we started it last Shavuot. She did an event and lo and everybody came to it and they all swapped numbers. And, and, and they, it was meant to go on for like an hour and a half. And I think by like 5 p.m. they were all still there and nobody wanted to leave. And everyone was super excited. And, and some were PJ families and actually some were not. And they told other friends about it. It was, it was very cool. And then she comes back and she says, right, we want to do something for Rosh Hashanah. Um, and, and will you help us? Sure, we've got ideas. Here's books we use. Here's some craft, activity, you know, all this stuff. Um, and I said, uh, um, why don't you go back to one of the one of the synagogues in the area and see if they'll partner? She went, she contacted the Orthodox one and she's not Orthodox. And they were like, umming and ahhing, you know, because not all families had two Jewish parents and they weren't all practicing Orthodox, blah, blah, blah. And they said, fine, we'll do it. And they did an event for Rosh Hashanah. And this was the first Jewish family event they had in that building for 20 wow and it was amazing and so again we're in and we have people like that all over and and I think that to me is so powerful more powerful than the Jewish stuff we do in in London and New York and you know yes, all these big yes. big Jewish yeah. um, cities in some respects because we can be lazy when we live in those big cities you know yeah. I live in London there's so much amazing stuff going on I can go to, to to whatever Jewish event I can go to a different one every day of the year practically and, and yeah. there'll be um, they'll be very creative and cool. It's it's really about how involved you get and and the difference that you can make and how you can build a community. And you can be in a teeny, teeny isolated um, rural community or you can be in a major city. And the more that families put into connecting with others and building their community, the more they will get back from it. Guaranteed. Uh, that's wonderful that you're creating Jewish community through through PJ Library, connecting people. And I think once, you know, I'm a big believer in the power of community. Once you're mm. part of a community, anything's possible yeah. and you give back, you get back, you broaden your horizons. It's so wonderful to hear that. Wow. And I know you do so many amazing things. I remember during COVID, by the way, one of your books that has had a really massive impact on my daughters. Do you remember the Ruth Bader Ginsburg? Oh, that, that is actually my favorite piece. It's an amazing. Book. I know you, I'm not meant you, to have um, are you allowed, do you recall the, the title of it so I can link to it in the yes, show notes? Yes, it's called I Dissent um, it. and it's by Debbie Levy. Um, and I know that because during COVID, when everything was shut down and we were locked down, we did an online virtual um, Well, that's what club. I wanted to tell you about. Oh, that's okay. it. So my daughter received that book and she, exactly during lockdown, she attended the virtual book club. And she was a bit shy, you know, she'd never done anything like this before. I left her to it. I wasn't sort of hovering around her. She said it was okay. I don't know much about it, but this book is just with her all the time. She had to do a presentation at Heide, um a couple months back. So this is now like a year after this book club yeah. about her Jewish hero. And she chose Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She did all the slides wow. from that. She knows every fact about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. 
And like for, for my daughter to have a Jewish hero like RBG without me telling her about RBG, you know, she's found it. She's realizes it's her hero. She looks up to her. She mentioned her just the other day. And it's just, it's just lovely. You know, it's amazing. It's really, like you say, every one of your families must have story after story after story. Yeah. So actually your daughter, daughter might not even told this, but at the end of that uh, virtual book club thing, we asked everyone, we zoomed in Debbie Levy, the author from Washington, and she told us all the secrets about when she interviewed Ruth Bader Ginsburg um, to write this book. And it was, you know, every, the kids loved it. And at the end, we said, right, everybody hold up your book so Debbie can see. And the screen was filled. And we Aww. had so many um, kids all holding up the copy of their book. And it was so powerful because it didn't matter where you were in the country. You were all connected by this story and and really discussing the importance of disagreeing respectfully and the power of disagreeing respectfully and I just you know that that book to me on so many levels is, and, is a fabulous book and you know every family is different every child is different but you know for my kids personally they love they love this the, the profiling you know stories of Jewish heroes we need Jewish role models yeah. and not just present day ones and I want to talk to you a bit about the books how you choose them and also we are talking about more diverse Jewish families, and I know that's a big one for you, diverse Jewish families, diverse, but you know, how, what, what initiatives are you taking to make sure that the Jewish stories are diverse? Yeah, absolutely. So that's really important for us. So in terms of book selection, we actually have a book selection committee in the States, and they're amazing, and they get inundated with manuscripts every month as you can imagine, um, and they really spend a lot of time thinking carefully about the different stories that are coming in. They then pick a shortlist, and then from the UK, we have our own smaller book selection committee that are picking four titles each month for because we have four age brackets in the UK that are most appropriate for the UK Jewish community. But it's really we talk about windows and mirrors. You know, with books, they should be mirrors reflecting what we're doing in our practices, so we can reinforce it as families and as parents and as kids to see what they're doing on the page, but also windows. Um, onto different ways of doing things. So an Ashkenazi family can learn about Sephardi customs and vice versa. A family, you know, in the UK can learn about what what's life's like for a Jewish family in Spain or in, we had uh, one about the Ethiopian story of how they moved to Israel, Ethiopian Jews moved to Israel. And like, we have such variety. And I think that really, we, it's important for us to be celebrating that richness of mm. our shared but different story. Um, and in terms of diversity, that is definitely a, a very conscious decision um, for us to make sure that we're encouraging authors to submit stories with diverse families. We ask illustrators to include Jewish kids of different ethnic, racial, cultural backgrounds, as well as kids who are in wheelchairs or other things that show visible um, difference, um, because especially these are picture books for kids. So, you know, a lot of the kids can't read yet. And, and what they're doing is they're looking at the illustrations. And that is so important. Um, there's that Hanukkah book that my kids love I think you sent a year or two ago about the blind the blind child do you remember that one so there's a book we sent a book um, a couple of years ago a Purim book um, uh, called Cookie uh, what was it called Cookies and something Dreams and something and it was about a blind boy who makes these Purim um, cookies and he's doing it from visions he sees in his mind and again let's 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 celebrate that you know he can't sure. see but actually he's got such a vivid imagination from that we, we, we even offered in, in the States, they sent out a while back a book and it was called Sign Language Shabbat. And it was so oh, clever. And each that. page had a different kid 
who was showing the signs for the different the different Shabbat um, words. The thing is, we couldn't send it out in the UK because British Sign Language is actually different, different to American yeah, Sign Language. It is. Yeah, and so it was it was really disappointing because it was an amazing book, but it's amazing and it's great that it went out in the states. So that's that's part of the reason why we have like a UK book selection committee to pick up things like that. We're going to, I'm going to go into a quick fire round shortly, which you're going to enjoy. Um, But before we do, um, I can't believe we haven't even shared how to sign up for the program. But, and before you answer that, what would you say to a family that's considering signing up for PJ Lowry, doesn't think they are Jewish enough? I know you said it's as simple as raising, if you think you're raising Jewish kids, but can you just go a bit further and address, you know, this issue of just people not feeling that they are Jewish enough? So so do it. We're very lucky. PJ Library is free to receive and it's coming to your home. So there's nothing to be lost to try it out. Um, there's nothing lost in trying it out. You know, it will come to your home and so you're not having to, to go anywhere. You don't have to stop by and pick it up at a certain time. Wonderful. It's coming, landing on your on your doormat and it's free. So try out. If you love it, brilliant. <laughs> if it's not for you, we get it. Also, not how can it not be book. for anyone? How can I mean, it not be? I mean, no, that's not possible. It's so <laughs> thought. There's so much thought goes into every book, and there's so much love, and there's the resources that you provide as well. We did. We had a brilliant. I loved your Haggadah for for kids one. Oh, mm-hmm. another story I want to tell you about, which is so beautiful, is um, you know, because the story of Passover. It's I remember as a child finding didn't really engage with it. I didn't, you know, for whatever reason, and I wanted to make sure you know, you're not necessarily going to follow the Haggadah as a kid and whatever. So something, a really good prompt that you I got from your website that I did last year with, I think with my mom. And in fact, it was ended up being her last Passover. She died last mm-hmm. year was can't talk about stories of freedom around the table because my, my uh, mother's family fled Iraq to Israel in 1948. And, and that I asked my mom to share that story Wow. at Passover and my children heard it thanks to the prompt from the wow, Library that's... website so it's not even just the books there's a plethora of resources that you provide to get kids engaged uh, with I... the holidays with Jewish life yeah so our content team are amazing the, they spend a huge amount of time researching connecting with other organizations it's so important that we partner with other organizations we don't need to to, to invent every form of education we just want to signpost you to those organizations who are already doing a great job yeah, and so we have our blog has loads of ideas and our various social media platforms, you know, follow them just especially before festivals. We always do festival hubs. So there'll be a Hanukkah hub right now. Mm-hmm. And then in a few months, we'll have, you know, for Purim and Pesach. And and I think all of these are really important because, you know, something you mentioned, you mentioned Sedanai and Pesach. The whole point of it is to get the kids to ask questions. Yeah. So if you're doing a really long, drawn out evening and the food is not being served, till soup, kids are not going to like that. Um, and and then why should they? Yeah, you know, I don't want to be do fun. That. You know, everything it has to be fun. So yes. it could be, you know, there's so many ideas that you can dress up as Egyptians or yes. you can get yes. them all to come up with a song in advance or or to paint a picture or whatever it is, it, whatever works for them. Um, you know, make sure you've got bits and food bits out, you know, whether crudités or little chocolate things for kids. So they're not waiting till, you know, 1030 before they get that bowl of chicken yes. soup. Yes. Uh, whatever it is, but make it fun. And that's what I mean. When people say, "What's my favorite festival?" That's it. It's not the time. People say they go to show one time a year. When is it? Yom Kippur. Really? 
really? Like, <laughs> that, that's the one time he gets to Yung Kapoor. Like, what a shame. <laughs> go Purim. Purim is amazing. <laughs> Dress up. You're, the whole shawl is crazy. Everything is, you know, upside down as it should so be. Good. Story is about, you know, change it up. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to do what we experienced growing up. You know, this is one of the things that I love with my children making new traditions, evolving. Yeah. And so what would you say to people that desperately want to raise proud Jewish children? I think often I know I hear from some of my Smashing Life members that they grew up feeling that they had to sometimes hide their Jewishness in non-Jewish spaces and they don't want that for their children. They want to raise them to be proud in non-Jewish spaces. And any tips on that? show them the magic of Judaism you know we're so lucky it's not like that you know these are the two things you need to do to be Jewish no there are thousands (laughs) of things you can do so so make it fun so that they're they know that great okay Hanukkah now brilliant you can do a whatever you could do a I don't know a donut tasting bar one night and have loads of their friends come around me all sample and and taste different donuts or you know it's too much fun next month go to a garden center and but and they all choose different seeds to plant and then talk to them why do we have too much fun you don't have to do everything, but there's so much going on. Sukkot, it, this is a kids' festival. You go and you build a den in your garden, and you have your meals in it. And you, you know, yeah. it, um, our kids even last year it was quite mild, and they all slept there one night. I, I mean, it was great. I, I slept inside. My <laughs> husband and the kids slept in the garden. Everyone was happy. I had a great night. <laughs> They thought it was the best thing ever. The foxes didn't get them. So, um, <laughs> but but every festival we could do that, and there's so many organisations making it fun. Um, yeah. And if your synagogue's not yet making it fun, then then brainstorm with them. Go yeah. along with a friend and say, you know what, we need to do more more family friendly activities. You know, can we talk about how we can do that? And also, I really think it's about at home as well. You know, we think we need the synagogue to help or the cheder to help or even PJ Library to help, but. It starts with you. And if you, you know, what are the, speaking to the listener here, what are the traditions that spark joy and meaning for you? Do those and talk to your children about them and have them, you know, children mimic us. They copy us. If you enjoy lighting the candles, they're going to say, oh, well, can we light the candles this Friday? So it really boils down to to you and what sparks meaning and joy for you and how lucky we are, like you say, to have all these resources, all these organizations to to inspire us. Just want to take a moment to invite you over to my place. That's my Jewish community, Smashing Life, a place for everyone, Jewish or Jewish, to feel welcome. It's a non judgmental Jewish community that nourishes and empowers you and gives you everything you need to feel Jewish at heart and supercharged in life, hosted by me, Karen Cinnamon. I'm going to hand over to one of our members, Jeanette, uh, so you can hear what she has to say about Smashing Life. I love all the perks of being in Smashing Life, from the masterclasses to the resources to the discounts to the opportunity to crowdsource in the Facebook group. It all provides so many great benefits. We also have forums, recipes, book clubs, craft clubs, modern Jewish life experts, Zoom Kabbalah Shabbats, monthly expert masterclasses, social events, online and real life, discounts, gifts, and I could go on and on. It really is the place for every Jewish woman. It is super inclusive, super warm, um, and I invite you to come and join us and connect with me and hundreds of other like-minded Jewish women from all over the world. You'll find a beautiful community local to you, and you'll also create 
new Jewish friends all over the world to share Jewish culture and joy with and learn Jewish rituals that will fill your life with purpose. So head on over to smashinglife.club and come join us. So if somebody wants to join PJ Library, where do they go? We'll link in the show notes, of course, but yeah, say it out loud. Yeah, pjlibrary.org. And then there you can, you know, if depending on the country and go to the around the world page and have a look at the, the community that's right for your country um, and then sign up. It can take anything from six to eight weeks. So don't expect a book tomorrow morning in the post. <laughs> but then, you know, the sooner you sign up your kid, the more books that you're going to receive. And then you'll build your own Jewish bedtime library. Aww. So we're going to dive into the quick harangue. So I want to find out all these things about you that people always ask. So first <laughs> of all, now you can answer with one word or you can elaborate with the story is as you wish. So what is your favorite Jewish holiday? Oh, Purim. I, I, the fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love dressing up. We have we have so many different outfit changes it's a bit hectic but it's so much <laughs> you know on the night before and then the next morning and my daughter's actually learned to lane my my well, actually all my kids now have learned to lane Megillah some more than others and that is it's great that they feel now an uh, attachment a connection with a piece of text you know whether it's a couple of lines or something longer and then followed by we go around delivering gifts to friends and neighbors um, and then we finish with a big suitor with a big feast and again there's another costume change eventually it's, a, it's such great fun I agree yeah. with you very it needs to be what's the word not rebranded but it doesn't get as much sort of visibility as the other holidays but yeah. let's see um, favorite Yiddish word schmooze I love a schmooze <laughs> and, and, and everything about Judaism is is the schmooze you know it's whether it's the the Simcha, you're going to the Brit or the Simcha Bal, the Bermits for the wedding, whether it's whether it's the Jewish festival and you have everybody around or you go to synagogue and see people there or, or just being part of a community, you know, stopping off and dropping my, my daughter off at school in the morning and a schmooze outside the, the front gate with whichever mum is there or dad. It's, it's, it's great. I love the schmooze. Red wine, white wine or grape juice for Kiddush? <laughs> grape juice. I mean, absolutely. Grape juice for everyone followed very quickly by a nice glass of red wine please <laughs> smashing the glass or a big horror uh, horror I love a dance <laughs> and we're actually it's my uh, we're in the middle of the whole bar bat mitzvah time in our in our in our stage of life and so we're fortunate to go to quite a few parties and I love it I love the dancing and the music and and everybody's using modern Israeli music now to be dancing to it is so much fun what small thing is bringing you joy lately? Or it can be a big thing. Jewish thing? No, anything. What small thing? Reading. I mean, it's always brought me some joy. But when the kids were little, I, I didn't have the time or the energy to do it. And now they're that much bigger, especially on a Shabbat. You know, I get to, to read the paper or read a book. And it's such an indul beautiful indulgence, such isn't it? indulgence, yeah. And I, I mean, I'm reading obviously hundreds of kids' books for work, but <laughs> but to actually, you know, read something with more than, you know, 10 words on a page is, is a luxury. So it leads me to my next question. What, which author would you most want to write, commission to write a book for PJ Library? Could be for kids or why not in an imaginary world for adults, for you? <sighs> which author? Um so I have to say, I, I'm actually reading at the moment a book by um, Ruth Calderon, who is a Talmudic scholar and also was a, a member of the of Knesset. And she, uh, that book is is an adult book. It's uh, what is it called again? It's called a Bride. I think it's called Bride for a Night. I, can't, I think that's what it's called. Anyway, she has written a PJ book before, oh. uh, one about rainy day story. But uh, even I want more of that because. 
what's amazing is that too often people think, you know, Talmud, oh, that's just for the ultra orthodox. And, you know, what, what do I, I've never studied, I've never studied Hebrew or Aramaic or I don't know anything about it. And it's not, and, you know, the Talmud is our shared heritage, the Torah, the Tanakh, all of these sacred texts that are shared heritage. And I love that she makes Talmud accessible to people. So this book that I'm reading is she's she's taken Talmudic stories and rewritten them for modern day understanding. Um, but the kids' book, Rainy Day Story, she, she's taken a Talmudic story and made it relevant for kids. And then she's she's got a line at the back. And I think that anybody who's making Judaism accessible so that people don't feel shy or embarrassed or they're not Jewish enough or they're not good enough or not learned enough, like everyone, dive in, have a go um, and learn about it. Absolutely love that. What is your best tip for making the world a better place, which we very much need right now? We need the world to be a better place. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably assume the best. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean by that? I just think there's 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 so much judgment. Mm, cancel you know, culture. Yeah. In the press, in society, even on a local basis, we're, you know, we're all very quick to judge. And it's, yes. okay, can we just step back and assume the best? Yes. You know, I, I would love it if people assume the best about me, but I also need to do uh, more of that about others. I love that. <laughs> and finally, if you could have Friday night dinner with any three Jewish celebrities or people from the Torah, whoever you want, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Oh, gosh. Okay, well, probably I'd, I'd like to start with Judith Kerr, um, the yeah. author of When Tucky Hitler Stole Pink Rabbit. So I actually just finished reading that with my son. And it's, you know, it's semi-autobiographical. And she just makes her traumatic story about being a refugee from Europe so appropriate for a young kid. And it's what a great age is that book for, would you say? Um, I would say probably from maybe nine, okay. up with nine, ten. Up. He, he's he's ten and a half. Yeah. So, uh, and, and, you know, it led to so many conversations about refugees and immigration and starting out and families and what's important. And, you know, and she goes from being very wealthy to, to having to live quite a more humble, modest lifestyle. And, you know, so I think, but she's also famous for all of the kids books she's written, the, the very little kids books, you know, Mog the Cat and the Tiger Who Came to Tea and things like that. Yeah. So yeah. I just think the way she tells stories, I would love to, to hear from her. Theodore Herzl I just you know we've not <laughs> talked about Israel and 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 that is so important uh, it's important to PJ we send Israel books every Absolutely. every April for Yom Hatzmah but for me I feel we're so lucky that Israel is only a few hours away and mm -hmm. you can go for the weekend if you need to from London mm -hmm. um, and I think that is this fabulous and this this guy who not just had a vision but then worked tirelessly um so yeah so Judith Kerr Theodore Herzl and a third person well maybe we invite pink she can do the music for us <laughs> <laughs> what a great trio absolutely love that three people that I'd never put together and I'm sure would be an amazing Friday night dinner with you doing the cooking I don't know <laughs> I might buy in a dessert or two <laughs> <laughs> well Lauren this has been so much fun it's been a real treat for me to to hear more about what you do the impact that PJ Library is having you know, one family affects another family, affects a community and so on and so forth. And it's it must be very, very exciting to hear all the stories that you say you get emailed or messaged daily. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Karen. Thank you so much for having me.